0: Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sneak Preview, our podcast that follows the current film release calendar. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Caleb LeJay. And today we're we're discussing Netflix and Zack Snyder's new zombie heist film, Army of the Dead. i will also mention my thoughts on Christoph Waltz's directorial debut, Georgetown, which is now available to rent on Voodoo and Prime Video. But first, let's take a look at what happened last week in film. Last week, in film. First up, new trailers. The second trailer for Respect was released. The Aretha Franklin biopic stars Jennifer Hudson as the iconic singer. It's set for release August 13th. This one's moved around a few times. Uh, I think it looks really good. Uh, what do you think?
1: Trailer slipped past me. Did not watch it yet. But I
0: do like a good biography. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll we'll give it a shot. Well, I think Jennifer Hudson's one of the few people on Earth who can actually match Aretha Franklin's vocals. So that alone, I think is going to be cool. I mean, she's an Oscar winner already. Uh, doesn't do as much acting as like you'd think. She's kind of all over the place. But I think this is a great matchup of artist and subject. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited about this. I love music biopics
1: yeah yeah same i I love music biopics um so i mean i'll I'll check it out just it's one of the trailers that unfortunately slipped past my radar and a rather busy week
0: well this was the yeah the second trailer. i remember the first trailer got released last i think 2019 in the fall i remember seeing it when i went and saw judy so it's uh it's been around for a while this is one of the films that got moved because of covid so now we're finally going to get to see it the teaser trailer for Snake Eyes: GI Joe Origins was released. Henry Golding stars as the assassin who becomes the mute badass Snake Eyes, set for release July 23rd. And who is this for? Because the GI Joe franchise has been dead in the water for almost ten years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, like I said, ten years past the first two movies. That no one really got into, and now they're trying to do like a Snake Eyes origin story, but like he's not wearing his mask. He looks like he's going to talk, and Snake Eyes does not talk at all. Um, The only thing this has for me that has me even remotely wanting to watch it is my number one crush right now, Small Reaving is in it. I I usually like her, so but besides that, there's like nothing in this film, in that like one minute long trailer that had me like oh i gotta see this
0: <laughs> it's just it's so generic it feel, you know it's always like you know i saw greatness in you and all that it's you know the outsider becoming the the champion i'm so tired of just seeing the same shit recycled with a different rapper every year i i would like something a little original and it ain't gi joe <laughs>
1: I feel like there's the ability to make a good G.I. Joe movie somewhere in there. This is not it. The past few films weren't it. Like, either get someone that really loves this franchise and wants to make a good G.I. Joe movie or just leave it alone.
0: Well, it just feels like they clearly don't know what they're doing. And as we've learned constantly from G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle. (laughs) Well, We'll see how this pans out. (laughs) warner brothers is developing a remake of the 1983 vampire movie the hunger angela robinson producer and writer on true blood is in talks to direct the film and i have not seen the hunger uh but it did help me win uh last fan standing a few years ago so i'm gonna have to see this movie eventually
1: yeah I, i haven't seen it either um, I know it's iconic for David Bowie's part. Yeah, in the movie, I heard he's like really, really good in it. Um, it I'll, obviously with the remake, I'll check it out. But I mean, it's like any other remake they announce. I'm always hesitant when they announce it. I'm like, do oh, we really need to revisit this again? But yeah. I've been wrong before.
0: Not at nine always. times out of ten. I, it's the answer is no. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> and even when it does end up being good. It's never, no necessary. It's never something we needed.
1: Yeah, it's never, yeah. I mean, it's weird. You know, it's weird because you got, like, I always look at, like, movies like The Thing and The Fly. Those are two remakes I feel like were needed and are actually surpassed the the 50s originals movies. I have yet to see anything that was been remade from onward, when Chainsaw Massacre and um, The Ring, there you go. I was thinking... Uh, kind of kick-started you know the remake craze on two different fronts in america yeah other remakes i like that came out of that Ah, absolutely there are do they match surpass the original in any way shape form no no
0: they're easy, you know if they're good they're still not you know great there's there hasn't been a great remake in a very very long
1: yeah, not, I mean, not in the world of horror, no. I, yeah, no.
0: Well, we'll see. I like vampire movies, so I'll be sure to check out The Hunger at some point. Probably pop up on the show. The other show. The other, other show. <laughs> the other, 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 other show. <laughs> Soon. Um, Spoilers. A biopic of Cher is in the works at Universal. Oscar winner Eric Roth is writing the script, and the Mamma Mia team is producing. So we're going to share a movie, folks. <laughs> Honestly, surprised we haven't had one already. If I'm just
1: being honest.
0: I bet you a million bucks they're going to call it "I Got You, Babe." Oh uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> I don't know enough share songs to come up with another title. So
0: if I could turn back time, believe they're not going to call it "Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves." They're not sure as hell not going to call it "Happy." You know thinking
1: about these biopics and the fact that they named them based off like you know a hit song can you imagine when they start touching like slipknot or rob zombie <laughs> like presenting Dracula coming to the theater near you
0: <laughs> they should if they had any balls they would call the rob zombie bi- biopic ging gang gong de do gong de lagaraga <laughs> and just confuse the fuck out of everybody <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> if it was Slipknot, they'd have to do anything Past like the second album Because they can't conceivably name a movie People equal shit <laughs>
0: They should, oh my god, I'd see that I don't know anything about Slipknot, but I'd see that
1: Well, it's, it was one of their hit songs And I'm actually a big fan of that song
0: <laughs> I don't know, I mean We're still, you know, we're in the 70s now It's kind of the, the area Where we're getting biopics of people, you know Elton John, Queen, uh yeah, so Cher kind of spans decades. She's definitely iconic enough to warrant the biopic. I wonder who's going to play her.
1: I um, do want to. I mean, we're slowly kind of edging past the 70s. I mean, you had the dirt on Netflix. That's Motley Crue. So we're slowly getting into the 80s. You know, we're working on it.
0: True. We're never going to get a Nirvana biopic while Courtney Love is alive. God, no.
1: And it bugs the shit out of me because she, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not a fan of Courtney Love, so.
0: Oh God, no! <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I'm not saying like I, I obviously I get why shirt sure gets a bar by my pick, but I am looking forward to the day that a lot of the bands I listen to will get it. Grant, even though I know by the time that happens, that means I'm an old fucker sitting in the theater watching it. <laughs> I know it comes with the territory
0: of wanting that to happen, but I am looking forward to it. <laughs> I. I don't know if I label myself a Cher fan. I did see her live in Vegas. Uh, it's free tickets. I'm not going to turn down free tickets. But um, it's a uh, she puts on a wild show still to this day. It was, you know, costume change every song. Uh, I'll see it. I like true stories. so Yeah, like, like I said on the uh, the respect
1: one, I'm, I'm down for a good uh, biography movie. You know, I'm, I, I like watching them. I know they play flat play fast and loose with the, you know fact and fiction, but hey, you know, we expect it's a movie life is not exactly as exciting,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> well, the last one I saw I think was the United States versus Billy Holiday. And well, not exactly you know, it, it stretched a bit, but it was pretty accurate and it was very uh, uh heartbreaking. Now, I don't know, you know, Cher, I don't know if she's really been, you know, at the forefront of a lot of societal change. I mean, she's kind of just been Cher for four decades, five now. Uh, so I don't know if this movie's necessarily justified, but I'm going to see it. <laughs> I don't think Elton John's movie was necessarily justified either, but I loved Rocketman. You have to watch Rocket Man. I do want to see that one. That was fantastic. That's been my favorite of, of this kind of surge of musician biopics. Taryn Edgerton was fantastic. The soundtrack was so cool. It was a musical based on Elton John's music. It was it's a cool story. And that no. man did so many drugs and fucked so many men. It's amazing he's still alive. <laughs>
1: I like how you specify fucked so many men. Like, I think most people know Elton
0: John is gay. No, it's not that. It's just how many he, many, like, that dude fucked, like, a, like three, four men a day the entirety of the 70s. Like, in the 80s. Like, I'm impressed. You know what? Good for him. How did he escape like AIDS in the forefront of, like, it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable question. I I mean, the amount of, you know, fucking that guy did, it's really a a miracle that he got out of it unscathed.
1: Yeah, apparently you can't take... AIDS does not kill Elton John. No. Mercury, unfortunately, did not escape unscathed on that one.
0: Nope. AIDS cannot take down the Rocket Man or the Pinball Wizard. He has many titles. (laughs) Ugh.
1: He just fucks a couple of dudes. Boom, AIDS.
0: He, he, he was not fucking a couple of dudes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was fucking a lot. <laughs> he was, yeah. You know, I, I can't think of any. He was a killer queen. There you go. Killer queen. i trying to think of some puns with his songs. Nothing came to mind. <laughs> At bottom goers? No, that's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Mark Ruffalo has joined the cast of Yorgos Lanthimos' upcoming Frankenstein reimagining poor things alongside Willem Dafoe and Emma Stone. Uh, you familiar with Yorgos' work? You've seen a lot of his films? No. See, I used to be like you. And then Austin made me watch a lot of weird shit. And now, here I am, a little bit more learned. Well, I can uh, say that I used to be like you. Basically... Like me, who doesn't watch a lot of Oscar movies and things associated with it. (laughs) To be fair, he was not an Oscar director until The Favorite came out. So before everything before that has just been weird fucking movies. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But it is cool to have a, you know, kind of move on down the chain because Austin and I did many podcasts where I hadn't seen anything about Yorgos. And now here I am having seen a good chunk of Yorgos and you haven't seen any Yorgos. So it feels good. That's good. You know, it's probably going to happen. Probably still won't watch a lot of Yogos. You kind of right up your alley. It's weird horror
1: shit. So I think you might actually. Oh, yeah, I- so well, you know, if that's the case, I might watch a lot of it then.
0: Like, I think the killing of a sacred deer would be one for you. No oh, shit. That's
1: that's what I've been wanting to watch. Sorry, I have heard about that one. That's one I've been wanting to watch.
0: That was odd. The lobster was pretty entertaining. Dog tooth was weird as fuck, and the favorites just entertaining.
1: Okay, out of all those I have heard of the killing of a sacred deer, it's been all over my horror sites when he came out. That Hold one out I do.
0: That's the guy who's doing his own take on Frankenstein.
1: Okay, I'll have to watch that one then, so I get an idea of what to expect. I like his cast.
0: Yeah, me too. Ruffalo, Stone, and Defoe. Mm-hmm. Up to be a very cool. Uh, yeah, he's just what goes on in that man's mind has got to be nightmarish. Like, the, st- the stories that guy creates are so disturbing but oddly you know realistic it's very strange
1: you can say that with so many like especially like some of the horror movies I watch with these directors like uh, I, 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 just, I just watched it again recently but Mandy Panos Cosmatos Cosmatos I ever say his name yeah. what goes on in his head between that movie and Beyond the Black Rainbow oh my god <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. So, Yorgos. Uh, poor things. That'll obviously come up on this show. It'll happen, you know, probably this year. He's pretty fast.
1: Yeah. No, uh, I'll check it out. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Flood of Universal monster movie content that's coming out outside of just what Blumhouse is doing ever since The Invisible Man made the money it made at the box office. But I'll check it
0: out. <laughs> I'm not that you know horror movies now, like especially mainstream. I've been pretty disappointed lately with uh, mainstream horror. I'm wait- I'm looking, I'm waiting for something to really get me again. I have my doubts about the Conjuring Three. You know, James Wan's not helming this one. I'm expecting it to be a bit of a write-off.
1: Yeah, I, I to me, the so I've been a horror fan longer and longer. I find a lot more inventiveness and fun and what is the in the indie scene and what comes out yeah. independently instead of the big budget studios yeah like am i looking do i think conjuring 3 looks good yeah what am i more excited to watch though the fact that shutter just got pg psycho gorman on its uh service because it's supposed to be a super violent fucking power rangers type thing yeah i'm absolutely more down to watch that
0: <laughs> yeah I just have to do, you know, I just have to watch more. It's really the solution to everything. Just watch more, find new stuff, seek it out.
1: Get on Shudder. They fucking kill it with like the festival stuff that does not get big release. Yeah. And they put it on their site. They kill it every time.
0: Absolutely. But also, you know, with horror, and I've I've learned this the hard way with every great one, there's like 30 terrible movies. And it's hard to want to invest that kind of time in a, you know, when it's not necessarily a sure thing. It's tough, especially when you've got so much you have to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like we're. I was telling you before we were like uh, recording with like Blumhouse, right? It's like the series that gives me Invisible Man, Halloween twenty eighteen, and all this other great stuff I like. But then on the other end of it, it also gives me. Uh, Maw and Black Christmas 2019 and the fucking Fantasy Island movie. Like, how is this the same studio? It just gives me the same fucking two
0: different things completely. I, yeah, well, like I'm. Um, I think the most recent one I that bummed me out was Separation, which was just such a lame horror film that it almost put me off of ghost movies for a while. I just, I want something good, you know? I think everybody should try to make something good if you're going to make something. And that movie just felt like nobody cared. Yeah. What scares me is like seeing the reception
1: to that film and I haven't seen it yet, but seeing the director's previous efforts and the fact that he's currently working on Orphan First Kill, like an orphan prequel film, because I actually really like Orphan. It's one, I think it's a great horror film. I'm like, uh, oh, he's doing a prequel movie. I was like, one, I don't even need a prequel movie. And two, it's from someone whose track record hasn't impressed me. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yorgos at least is doing original weird shit. So maybe, you know, poor things will kind of get me out of this funk I seem to be in. And today's effort did not help.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I saw your movie when you posted it. And I know you probably saw
0: mine, obviously. Yeah. Uh we'll get to that yeah. moving on this intrigued me. Henry Cavill is in talks to star in a reboot of Highlander from John wick director, Chad Tehelski. Uh, okay. I'll take it. Uh, if there's any,
1: any movie that can get remade, I think Highlander is a safe one. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is. Yeah. Highlander is a fun movie, but it's a fucking joke.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's don't wrong. I love the movie, you know, Sean Connery, Clancy Brown, cause like, Awesome, awesome movie, but it yeah I can I'm okay with a remake and with Henry Cavill who I feel like is finally kind of getting roles that match his talent in like The Witcher and whatnot and um obviously Stahels- Stahelski, yeah.
0: uh I think it could actually be a really good movie. I think it'd be a really fun Highlander movie we get out of this. Well, yeah, that and the only thing you really have to do to improve upon the original is let Henry Cavill play a Brit. And let a Spaniard play the Spaniard. Don't cast a Scottish guy as Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. He
1: he never drops the uh, Scottish accent.
0: He never has. In any film he's ever done, he's always been Sean Connery. I love the guy, but you got to admit that he ain't exactly a chameleon. No, no.
1: You want him to be a Russian bad
0: guy? He's still going to sound Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so Highlander, I you know, I like the movie, but I would be interested to see somebody take it, like, a little seriously. And Chad Stahelski's, you know, uh, track record's pretty fucking great. So I say he's a great name for this.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely get, like, John Wick-style action scene. so that's going to be awesome.
0: Imagine John Wick style action scenes with swords instead of guns. That's what oh yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be the closest we get to like a martial arts American movie. Maybe. Yeah. Sweet. Seems like Henry Cavill wants to do like everything but play Superman again. (laughs) Yeah. I don't blame him though. I stand by that. I think he got
1: handed terrible scripts for his take on Superman. I think he's a talented actor. He just got handed really bad scripts.
0: I think he would make a absolutely fantastic James Bond.
1: I would be down for that. I would, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's but, got like the build. He could play like a classic 60s kind of throwback Bond. You think he'll keep, you know, cock pumping his fucking arms wherever he did in Mission Impossible? The I pump shotgun thing. I hope he, he I hope he cockpunks his arms all the time. <laughs> Which sounds sure. like something else, but I don't care. I I don't know what... I I don't know what to call it. It just looks cool every time he does it. We all know what... If you've seen Mission Impossible Fallout, you all know what we're talking about. It's the bathroom scene where uh, Cavill and Cruz are fighting a bunch of bad guys and Cavill just like rolls his sleeves up and pumps his arms and just goes to fucking work. I don't know what that is, but it's the most (laughs) badass moment in that entire franchise. I think Ah. Tom Cruise got mad that he got... Uh, badass, like up, badass By Cavill <laughs> Well, when I found out that during certain scenes Tom Cruise actually has a box He stands on to be at equal height With the woman uh, Yes, I 100% believe that he is Mad that Cavill upstaged him, yes
1: <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful
0: Nicole Kidman's like 6'2 Yeah, he, he needs a box
1: <laughs> Oh, God Oh boy! No, I'm yeah. You know, thinking of like Henry Cavill actively staying out of DC. Have you seen uh, the opposite of that for Brie Larson in the news?
0: No, what happened?
1: She apparently wants to. She's actively wanting to be in Star Wars and be the most powerful Jedi in Star Wars. And then she's actively trying to... There's rumors circulating that she wants to be the leader of the Avengers in the next incarnation of it for the MCU. Okay. And some other things she wants to majorly be a part of. And I'm like, does she just want to lead like every damn fucking franchise in existence?
0: I I'd, I'd want to. I mean, Captain Marvel is the leader of the Avengers. So that makes sense to me. Yeah,
1: that, I just saw that. And I was like, man, she is just not stopping.
0: Well, if you were gonna, you know, if your agent started tossing around Star Wars, you're not gonna want to play, you know, some bounty hunter. You're gonna want to be a powerful fucking Jedi. I get that if you're a fan. I get it. Like, but oh. I think
1: she. I get it, but I think she should be careful because we've seen the internet fucking vitriol that happens, and unfortunately, there's a lot of dumbass internet people that are holding on to interviews she made pre-Captain Marvel that are very uh, feminist, like which makes sense in the goddamn movie she's promoting, but nonetheless.
0: Well, uh, that's clearly a small to... bit of society because Captain Marvel was a highly successful
1: film. It was. That's what I'm saying. It was a highly successful film. I get where she's coming from, but like, please calm down because I don't want to see the internet just go to fucking work because I get tired of seeing people like, like, goddamn idiots on the internet.
0: It's the same people who attacked Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. It's just assholes who don't like seeing strong women succeed, and that's just, you know, there's always going to be those dickheads on the, like, on the fringe. You remember, but,
1: you remember those comments? Her boobs aren't big enough. That's not why we watch Wonder Woman. If that's the case, go watch the pornos that exist, buddy.
0: Nah, their boobs aren't big enough either. What were we saying? No. <laughs> no, I... Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman 2 sucked. Captain Marvel was okay. I'm excited for the next one. I care about the quality of the film. That's the only thing I care about.
1: Yeah, that's all I care about. I have yet to sit through Wonder Woman 2. Not because of the reviews. I'm doing the classic. I got it from Netflix DVD service and it's just been sitting on my show. It's free on HBO Max now. Oh, I got it before it was on HBO Max. Now it's on HBO Max. Yeah. Well, okay. I just have yet to send it back to Netflix for a new movie.
0: (laughs) I have uh, a certain movie for Oscar Sunday coming up. Yeah, you're not going to get any spoilers here, cinephiles. And I also have Before Sunrise because I haven't seen that. (laughs) I still do Netflix to the mail as well.
1: I still do it. Physical media, I think.
0: There's thousands of movies that aren't available to stream, and I'm not going to pay money to rent all of them.
1: Yeah. And you're talking if anyone saw our screens right now, you're talking to you guys with humongous fucking physical media collections.
0: Yeah. Just because Warner Brothers is phasing them out doesn't mean I'm gonna phase them out. This isn't stopping. Nothing yeah. stops this train.
1: I don't know why that's gonna last because I haven't heard anything about it since it first announced and no other studio supported them.
0: Well, you know, they said vinyl was dead too, and <laughs> look at that.
1: Yeah. I don't think the Warner Bros. thing is going to, uh, I, think, I don't think it's going to last. I think they're going to be like, eh,
0: no, you want to keep it. Exactly. Anyway, moving on. Kate Hudson and Leslie Odom Jr. have joined the cast of Knives Out 2, which is shaping up to be another awesome cast of various character actors led by Daniel Craig as a Kentucky Fried detective.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. I, I love the first one.
0: Weird accent aside on Daniel Craig. (laughs) I think he just loves playing anything but James Bond. Like, literally anything. He's like, I want to do this. And he hates playing James Bond so much. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) I never, like, look.
1: This is someone who's not famous, but I've never understood actors that just hate the roles they're playing. They're giving them, like, all the success and money. I'm sure, like, the constant fan interactions when you're trying to do everyday life do get annoying. I'm not saying there aren't, like, creepy, weird-ass fans out there. But, like, dude, this is making you millions. Like, you want to just show a little gratitude? You're playing one of the most iconic characters in cinema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah And you're considered one of the best ones at it too we should
0: point out it's not like you're playing it and people hate you no you're considered like top fucking two or three yeah he's been bitching since 2006 like he just he says like i've been trying to get out of this since i got into it like you re-upped your contract like twice like just you can't have your cake and eat it too if you're going to complain about it stop you know re-upping <laughs> yeah stop doing the movies you don't like the service, unsubscribe. <laughs> but that
1: said, can't wait for No Time to Die. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I love his movies, most of them. I'm not a Quantum fan, mm-hmm. but the rest of them I enjoy. So I, yeah, I, I, I want to see No Time to Die more than anything. I've been waiting for that movie for what since Spectre came out, so six years now. Jesus, yeah,
1: and then you get what delayed two, three, four times. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> around there.
0: Well, now there's a certain purchase deal which we'll talk about in a minute that's going down that might, again, fuck up the trajectory of this movie. I,
1: uh, I know if time I heard
0: about it over the week. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, moving on. John Boyega is returning for Attack the Block 2, a sequel to the 2011 English sci-fi flick that put him on the map. Uh, I've not yet seen Attack the Block. I know it's right up my alley, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: I love Attack the Block and I've been cock with a goddamn sequel for years, and I'm finally getting it.
0: You know you has been John Boyega, when he fucking signed up for Star Wars. What a jip that was. Yeah, and that,
1: I will say, him coming back does scare me a little bit, because I don't know if this is, like, a legit, like, he's just that excited to be back, and there like, was a really good script, or he is not having that much luck admittedly, his Star Wars fame didn't really do much for him. Pacific Rim 2, whatever the fuck it was, was not nearly as good as the first one. Um, so I don't know if it's like him kind of coming back to something that launched his career because <laughs> he needs it right now. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about him coming back. I'm just excited that I'm getting Attack the Block 2 because I really like the first one.
0: I've said it before. Every Star Wars trilogy has one actor whose career actually does Go further because of Star Wars and everyone else's suffers. In the original trilogy, it was Harrison Ford. In the prequel trilogy, it was Ewan McGregor. And in the sequel trilogy, it's Adam Driver. The rest of them are going to fade into obscurity until they get voiceover work for Batman. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, I don't know why that happens every time, but it does.
1: <laughs> Sounds like they should stop doing
0: Star Wars movies. <laughs> or maybe, do, maybe do you know, put the mold away and try something new. Well, now that uh, Dave Filoni's been named like executive producer of the whole fucking Star Wars franchise, that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And, like, if they keep doing what they're doing with uh, the Mandalorian, with their shows, I think they'll be in better hands. I think we'll have a better fucking future for Star Wars because Kathleen Kennedy was apparently not the future for Star Wars.
0: <laughs> Speaking of... Well, I'm going to talk about this now. Um, Did you you see the rumors for Indiana Jones 5? I haven't. Oh, God. I hope these are fake. I hope these are fake. If not, not, no one has learned a goddamn thing. So the rumors are that this takes place in the 60s during the space race, and Indy is going to the fucking moon. Uh, Apparently, Mads Mikkelsen plays a... uh, Nazi scientist who is brought into the American space program through operation paperclip. And he's got like a secret cabal of Nazis who are working to sabotage the space program. And it involves Indy going to space. I don't, I don't know.
1: That's what I'm hearing. I really hope that's just a false rumor. Cause that sounds stupid as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the,
0: like, where's the fantasy element of it? Like, is it just Nazis in space? Like, is there anything else? to this (sighs)
1: Uh, i i want that to be fake because what i've been hearing from like uh mads mickelson and thomas crutchman and all them like a lot of actors i really really like is that they're excited to do this like they sign on to this because they think it's a really good script and that they they like what they want to do with their characters and i hope to god that means that what we're hearing is just like some jackass trying to spread false rumors on the
0: internet I fucking hope so. I don't want to deal with another shitty Indiana Jones movie.
1: <laughs> I thought by getting Lucas away, we'd not do space shit in Indiana Jones, but all right. Does anyone
0: I mean there's so many, you know, video game potential story like staff of Moses. He we went to Atlantis this one time. Like it's it's possible to, you know, keep going in the religious angle. Which has always been kind of, you know, the best thing about Indiana Jones is the way it kind of handles religion.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's always been more of a, when, you know, Lucas made that one, it wasn't meant to be the space opera that Star Wars was. It was the, the fantasy, the serial. People forget that it was based off in this adventure serials of like the 40s and yeah. 50s. It wasn't based off fucking space.
0: I think Lucas is very much a one trick pony and does it always seem like he's in some argument with somebody but he won't tell you who it is doesn't he always seem upset about something
1: always yeah every time
0: yeah like oh no I gotta live on my giant ranch with my seven billion dollar payday from Disney like not worrying about Star Wars anymore because it's not mine (laughs) poor me yeah Oh no,
1: I gotta live on my ranch off this franchise that's made me money for the till the day I die.
0: George Lucas gets on my nerves. I feel like he doesn't appreciate what what he's what his creation has done for pop culture. If anything, it irritates him. <laughs> uh, um, this was cool. DC has announced an animated injustice movie is in the works. Finally. <laughs>
1: Don't get too excited here. How many things have they announced and don't happen? Animated, though, it all happens.
0: Does it? Every time. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Their animated department is very much aware of what they're doing. So <laughs> I've got nothing but faith in the animation department. So an Injustice movie from them is good news. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I saw on uh, Blade Disgusting, actually, early on the week. Yeah, I I think anime is probably the best way to go because you could make an R-rated version of this. Yeah, and I'm sure the fans probably want.
0: Yeah, like a you know apocalypse war style animation. You get you know Kevin Conroy and George Newbern back as Batman and Superman. You've got this epic struggle of you know Superman going crazy and taking over the earth. It's such a cool story, and I really hope they do it justice. Or yeah.
1: It sounds cool. You know what's funny? When I read it on, it on Blade discussing. it was actually two stories about DC. Another one was another one they're doing, the Batgirl movie. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, Injustice injustice, Justice, like the whole big long thing. And then like one little bit like, oh, they're also working on a Batgirl movie adaptation.
0: All right, back to Injustice. I was like... Yeah, because Injustice is actually going to happen and that Batgirl movie is never going to happen because they've been talking about that since like 2012. <laughs> so I that's not happening, but Injustice is going to happen. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, Disney has finally confirmed Hocus Pocus 2 is happening with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy all returning to play the Sanderson sisters. It's set for Disney Plus sometime in 2022. Uh, mixed feelings. Uh, I like that they're bringing back the original three. I think it does undermine the first film. Uh, they can just come back whenever the fuck they want. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to see the Sanderson sisters struggle to use an iPhone because I know that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm mixed. But at the same token, I'm going to try to keep in mind that this movie is not being made, more likely not being made for us. It's being made for a younger generation. Which will probably eat it up and love it. And that's fine. But it, it does, I'm mixed too in the sense that like To get all three of them back tells me that maybe there was something that they might have an actual good script for all three to kind of confirm that, yeah, we're coming back. But I mean, and I'm sure, you know, we're not the only two. The, The fan base around that first movie is the quintessential fucking 90s kids Halloween movie to watch every single year. It's, I know you do it, I do it, I'm sure Josh does it in Austin. It is the movie. It's in my rotation every Halloween. Like every October, that is in my rotation to watch Hocus Pocus. I've done it since I was a kid. So, you know, there's a massive love for that first movie. So on one end, am I curious to see what they do with a new one and to get all three back and give us something for a new generation of younger horror fans to latch on to? Yeah, but at the same time, I like I said, no one will fuck it up. And I'm worried very much if this won't really be made with us in mind and more for a younger generation. So I probably won't get into
0: it. Yeah, it's going to be the same people who made, you know, The Lion King again. Like, it's just throwing a, you know, familiar property into the grinder and just kind of throwing whatever comes out onto the screen. I'm not okay with that. I don't like that. Yeah, but I also kind of want to see this.
1: (laughs) I mean, I won't lie in that I didn't get like at least a tad bit excited when I saw the official like title, like this wasn't some fan made thing. It was the official Disney Hocus Pocus two, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's it's happening!"
0: Yeah, well, you know, I complain a lot about lack of originality and what I want from Hollywood, but in the end, you know, and I've said it many times on all these shows, I am Hollywood's bitch. I admit that. So, here we are Yeah I
1: wonder if they still try to make jokes about Sarah Jessica Parker being the hot sister Now that, you know, they're all significantly older
0: I I don't mean to sound crass But Sarah Jessica Parker has never been the hot sister
1: You know what, I don't think she's attractive like a lot of people do But I, did, I do think she looks good in Hocus Pocus mm. Which makeup does it for me?
0: Okay, well, you know, you, you have fun with that. <laughs> I do, I do. Oh, God. Uh, you'll like this. Original Leatherface actor Gunnar Hansen's book, Chainsaw Confidential, which told the story of the crazy difficult production of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is being turned into a movie. Uh, sweet. Very cool. This whole story is fucking bananas and is definitely worth telling. I'm very excited about this.
1: Uh, yeah, I uh, you you get my text. I I was ecstatic upon hearing the news. This I like biographies already, but this is one that I'm really latching to. Fucking love Chainsaw Massacre. Love horror. Mm-hmm. It's going to take place in Texas, obviously. So you know, represent you know our state. Fucking, I can't wait. I'm cur- I can't wait to see who they cast for all these various parts. And it's yeah, it's going to be ah. Oh. It's gonna be awesome. And the tone, it says, it's gonna be a dark comedy. So it's not they're gonna have fun with it,
0: which I like. So yeah, I'm.
1: I can't fucking wait, man.
0: How pissed would you be if the director ended up being Steven Spielberg? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun for me. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it's gonna be. You know, some. Cool director, I'm sure it's going to be a neat cast and this is going to be an exciting movie to talk about on this show at some point.
1: Yeah, whenever it comes out, it's just been announced. So I don't...
0: Yeah, we got some time. Yeah. I'm going to get a hold of that book though, that's for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I'm finding that book somewhere.
0: Um, Comedian Paul Mooney has died at 79 from a heart attack. Mooney was a notable stand-up comic who co-wrote a lot of material for Richard Pryor back in the day. He played Sam Cook in the Buddy Holly story, and has also appeared in films such as Bamboozled and Hollywood Shuffle. And he's he, he's been kind of a behind the scenes guy in comedy for a very long time. So his passing was was sad to hear.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. R.I.P. That's it's always sad to hear. Sounds like the dude was just involved in some pretty huge stuff in the world of comedy. I mean, to be a writer for Richard Pryor back in his heyday, like goddamn.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, when he died like twitter went insane he had fans of all ages just from all over the place like people loved paul mooney oh,
1: damn. yeah yeah hey yeah condolences to his uh his family yeah. and friends i wish i knew more about his work so
0: you too. he seems like the kind of guy who one day will get a movie about him
1: yeah i mean if he had an outpoint of
0: that kind of love when he died
1: i'm sure we will
0: this is a sad week for comedy. Uh, comedy star Charles Grodin has died at 86 from bone marrow cancer. That can't be fun. Uh, Grodin was known for his deadpan delivery and appeared in such films as Midnight Run, Beethoven, Clifford, and So I Married an Axe Murderer. And I remember this guy. He was, he was funny. Uh, he fucking decimated his performance on Saturday Night Live back in the 70s. Like, it is the most awkward episode I've ever seen. Like he did not get it. He didn't show up for dress rehearsal. He winged it. He was talking out like he was reading the cue cards. Like and like reading other people's lines and they had to be like, "Stop it. That's my line." and shit like that. Like it got bad. And he was not asked back. So that's how I remember Charles Groden. That and the guy who refused to give up his car and so I married an axe murderer to the cop. So that was funny. Like, okay. The, guy, the cop like Walks up, is like, sir, I'm a police officer. I need to accommodate this vehicle, and he's just like, no. Nah. He just looks at him like, no, you're not, you're not taking my car. And the guy's like, the cops like, I, 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 I need it, and he's like, too bad, you can't have my car. <laughs> it's just, it's a weird little moment, but it's funny. Okay,
1: so, yeah, I, you know what, I respect him for the making SNL more awkward than that show already is. <laughs> so. Don't you just kind of
0: go in looking for like waiting for a fuck up at this point.
1: Yeah, like I don't watch that show religiously, and I actually wonder how it's still on the air because I do not think it's funny at all.
0: It depends on the cast, like it used to be fucking hilarious. It really depends on who's like you know the cast they got. Right now, I think it's pretty weird.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean, you know, when they had before they all went big, like when I had like Royal Farrell and um John Candy and all those guys, Belushi, all them, like, that was great. Those were some great years. And then they got famous, and they never really replaced some like, good people. Chevy Chase, he was good when he was on it.
0: Well, first off, I can't let this slide. John Candy was never on SNL. It wasn't? Oh, shit, Chris Farley. Yeah. John Candy was on Second City. I don't know, but,
1: but so many people have
0: been on goddamn SNL I lose track. Well, yeah, there's been, you know, the, the 70s cast and 90s cast. There's There's magical moments right now they've got a lot of weak weak people and uh, I really only watch it if the like if the uh, the host is somebody I really like like Eddie Murphy's comeback episode was gold that was funny as hell but because of Eddie Murphy <laughs> yeah and then I don't know I've heard a lot of like behind the scenes things with that show and it
1: not being the best fucking work environment when it comes to jokes I think a lot of comedians don't like working on SNL
0: Oh, you're churning out like it's a weekly show. It's fast paced shit. Like they go really quickly on their turnaround. So I I get that that would be a stressful place to work. Mm-hmm. But it's also you know so many comedians have come out of that place. So we have so many you know awesome careers to thank for that. Like thank that show for. Yeah,
1: I'm not I'm not doubting like I'm not trying to deny like the great careers we've had out of it. But mm-hmm. it's just I don't right now what I've seen of the more recent runs. It's like I don't see any. I, if any of those guys somehow broke out and became famous comedians, I would be surprised because none of them really make me laugh that much.
0: I get it. Yep, I'm in, I'm right there with you. It's damn. Sh- Have you ever seen the movie, a feudal and stupid gesture?
1: No. So that's the, uh, one about national lampoon.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. And the creation of national lampoon led rec- directly into the creation of Saturday night live. So that's, that comes up in the film. And, uh, I enjoyed it. It was was funny. Uh, Finally, Amazon is in negotiations to purchase MGM Studios for at least nine billion dollars, which is actually pretty small potatoes considering Disney acquired Fox for like seventy-one billion. Uh, MGM, actually, a lot of people are saying like you're over like you're overvaluing that. Like people have said, like five, six million dollars easy. Nine, nine is too much. Uh, basically Amazon is trying to acquire MGM's 4000 plus Library of films Excluding possibly the James Bond franchise Which is co-owned by Eon Productions And the Broccoli family It's Muddy Waters who really controls the Bond franchise That's, So if Amazon Ends up purchasing MGM Will they get the Bond movies Probably not But then who owns the Bond movies then Who's distributing them if MGM is out It really kind of creates a whole clusterfuck For the Bond franchise which is the last it thing it needs right now? Just give us the movie.
1: <laughs> it does, and uh, I know horror fans were seeing a bad outcome with that, with the Friday Thirteenth franchise being, you know, a legal case that's borrowing a new movie. And I do not, I would not want to see that happen with James Bond next, because oh, that bon- that Friday Thirteenth case has been on for years now. So God bless this happens with James Bond, and also just to me, I'm not really happy about this because you're, I don't know, it's like. I was watching something, but I was watching some YouTube out earlier they made a good point. You're really seeing the death of like the studio system slowly because all the streaming giants are just buying everything or Disney, right? But they have Disney Plus, so you can count as a fucking streaming giant now. Like they're just buying everything and buying up these studios. I mean, MGM is one of the last like really like I would say little more like smaller fucking studios out there you know that isn't like Warner Brothers or Universal or something like it just makes me sad like we're I feel like the studio system's slowly going away I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for the future of film
0: it's certainly uh historical I know MGM has been around since the 30s since the beginning of film and to see Amazon eat them up like that is weird it's you know it's crazy and I don't really know what happens next now like where does you know if if streaming really does dominate what what is hollywood even hollywood anymore like what's being made actually in hollywood anymore anything
1: i and i don't i don't know and it's such a weird thing seeing with streaming giants they make a movie they tell you it's successful but they don't tell you the numbers you have no idea where this success is coming from Whereas at least with like movies There's there's numbers There's things there that you know Okay it is successful There's no why; It's all yeah. there So it's like You know How does that reflect When they buy these things up And they want to make movies You know it's all based off An algorithm now And not That theater box office experience yeah.
0: Well we're looking at You know the two movies We're going to talk about today One of them had like A theater release For like three days And the other one Was a Netflix original that's just the norm now, you know, very few like theater releases, even before the pandemic, like that was starting to die off. And I'm wondering like if the studio, you know, if studios are getting swallowed up by the streaming services like this, what's what realistically, what is, what is it going to look like in the theaters in the next two, three years? Are we still going to be getting like maybe limited engagements or anything at all? I, I really don't know. It's a, it's an uncertain time
1: yeah and you know like not i know nolan was making such a big deal with like tenant right when the was first signed and whereas i think he was an absolute idiot because of what was going on at the time yeah his ideal i'm with i does scare me at the title of the theater sign because we're there's so much technology nowadays and i'm going wrong i love it i love my phone place like i do But it's technology that makes us not want to be social, like people to people social anymore. And theaters require you to be social. You're required to sit in a room with other people. And, you know, yeah, you have those jackasses that like bring the crying baby to the theater and all text on the phones. But you know what? Work on getting those people out of the goddamn theater. And keep, like, I don't know, it's just, it makes me sad that I do, like, not seeing movies in a communal experience like that, you know, because I have very fond memories of, like, comedies, especially horror films, like, uh, I'll never forget seeing 2013's Evil Dead in a packed theater, it was packed when I went, and the reaction throughout that movie was fantastic for all the right scenes, right, all those gory scenes and the audience just getting into it, you don't get that at home, I'm just sitting, I live alone, So it's just me sitting at home, just watching me like, I really enjoy this movie so far. It's not the same.
0: I agree. One of my, you know, fondest memories is back in 2019, seeing Avengers Endgame on the big screen opening night. And here, you know, freaking out with people when like, you know, Cap picks up the hammer, the whole crowd went, oh my God. Like we all went crazy because we're like, holy shit. It's with fans, like with the hardcore fans, we're going to go there opening night and be a part of this. Yeah, did, you freak, did the theater freak out on you when he said "adventures is similar? Because mine freaked the fuck out. Oh, dude, the second the portals opened, everyone was like, yes! And it just, <laughs> it didn't stop. Like, I was, yeah, I was in tears, man. That scene is so emotional. It's just, and seeing it for the first time with a crowd of people who love it as much as you do, it really adds to that experience. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you have idiots that pay
1: you know, these sacrifices, prices and then selling their phones. You want to kill them. And you have the people that for some reason want to take their fucking kids because they, they can't get a babysitter and the kids crying throughout the fucking movie. But again, after like this pandemic we've been through in the year, I can't even miss that. It's like I just enjoy being in the theater with everyone else and watching something where we argue, even if it's a bad movie because the whole
0: audience is in on this like bad movie experience. That's still a fun fucking time. Well, and also seeing a movie at the, on the big screen, it separates you from your phone. It separates you from everything. It's it immerses, excuse me, it immerses you into the screen. It's only it's the only thing you can see and feel and hear. It's it is where you are for the next hour and a half, two hours. It's all you're thinking about. You are watching this movie. You don't get that experience at home. You know you got huh. you know you can pause it, go do whatever you need to do, like pick it up later. But at the movies, like you're locked in. And that's an incredible experience, even if the movie sucks. I agree.
1: Yeah. And as someone who is quite the introvert, uh, nothing makes me happier than me like, hey, can I come? Oh, I got a movie time going to the movies, leave me alone. I'm adamant about not using my phone. So it was a chance to not fucking deal with people.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the past couple of years, I've learned to enjoy, you know, I used to hate going places by myself. Just I thought it made me look, you know, lonely. But past couple of years, I haven't really learned to enjoy kind of doing, you know, taking myself out. You know, mm-hmm. If I can't enjoy my own company, why would anybody else enjoy my company? So I take myself out to places. I go, I go to the movies by myself all the time. I couldn't keep this podcast alive if I wasn't going to the movies by myself all the time. <laughs> it's become crucial, like a crucial part of my life. So yeah, I will stand by the theater forever, no matter how many studios the streaming services decide to swallow up so they can get their fucking collection of infinity studios like i'm really tired of this
1: yeah i'm just gonna get more inventive when people text me because a lot of times the was like hey what are you doing i'm just watching a movie on netflix oh sweet so you're not doing anything it's like well no I'm, I'm watching a movie that i would like to finish on netflix let's just hold on here <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's one thing i like about our team is like watching a movie we, we all recognize that as an immediate priority Like that isn't doing nothing. Like that is what we are doing right now, and we're like, okay, we'll talk later. (laughs) I love that, dude. Like, you know, like being the single man that I am,
1: I'm on the dating apps. When it comes to like the podcast nights, they're like, hey, what about like Tuesday night? I'm like, I'm podcasting then. Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. But I will say, like, it is a mark. Become it's become a mark of a bad movie if I find myself checking my phone. Like, if I'm like not you know if, if I just I'm like uh, and I start looking at Facebook I can tell like this movie's gonna suck
1: yeah that's a which shock. I'm, I'm gonna to, to break that habit with uh, an upcoming show on here because I got to pay attention to the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, well that's what's happening in film right now uh, could be positive could be negative really sees how you know it depends on how you look at it yeah uh, before we get into Army of the Dead, I'd like to talk a little bit about Georgetown. Um, this is a film that came out kind of very under the radar last week. Uh, I planned to go see it at the movies, and when I went to buy tickets, it was no longer playing at that theater because nobody wants to see this. Uh, is Christoph Waltz's directorial debut. Uh, stars him, Vanessa Redgrave, and Annette Benning. And it's a true story of a man named Albrecht Mott. However, the name is changed to Ulrich Mott due to legal reasons, but the story is exactly the same. He is a con artist who cheats and lies his way through the DC elite, lying about his position in various governments and actually getting dangerously close to affecting international policy. Like, and this is a true story. This is a guy who manipulated his way into DC because he wanted to feel important and he married a rich socialite and may or may not have killed her uh, when she found out what he was really up to I'll let you see the movie Uh, in in real life yeah he fucking killed her and he did 50 years but in the movie maybe that's not the case but it's a fairly dull film I rented it on on voodoo uh for seven dollars I figured, you know, $9 movie ticket, $7 rental. I'm actually saving money on this.
1: <laughs> Steep fucking rental price, but okay.
0: Yeah, but podcast. And it is far from the most I've spent on one of these movies. <laughs> Minari was 20 bucks, folks. Um, At least you, okay. not, you haven't gone the Disney uh, Plus premiere access route yet. No, I will not. I will not do that. There are always, there's always another way when it comes to Disney. But Minari, I needed it then. I split it with Austin, so it worked out. <laughs> uh. Well, anyway, Georgetown. It's it feels a lot like um. Like uh, there was a certain movie that it had like a lot of similarities to. Uh, it's not popping into my head right now.
1: Yes, that movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, I'm not explaining this very well. I'm well aware of that.
1: i I haven't seen it and
0: i so far not sold on this movie let me find it real quick let me find the movie i was talking about i know that one second yeah highly professional podcasting here folks
1: (laughs) so far psycho gorman is just the one that's calling
0: me (laughs) georgetown um it's got a vibe of Burn After Reading. That was the movie. Burn After Reading. Have not seen Burn After Reading, but okay. in hell, man. Work with me here. (laughs) Burn After Reading is a movie very much like about, you know, kind of nothing happening while people kind of cheat and lie their way through government jobs. And this is what this guy did, except it was real. And he was in, he claimed he was in Iraq for two years negotiating peace when really he was in like a Florida motel writing, you know, fake note, like typing up fake emails to the justice department. Like this dude went deep into his lies and it was all just so we could feel important and feel valued because he, yeah, he was nothing. And Christoph Waltz is really the only one kind of keeping this film together. He's a very talented actor. He's a two-time Oscar winner and he's definitely got some interesting talent as a director uh, still needs a little bit of work. I'd like to see him try something else that gets a little bit more attention because this movie uh, premiered at a film festival in 2019 and then disappeared and came out softly last week. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I might be the only human being who's actually watched this. (laughs) Uh, I I gave it a seven. Uh, It it, it doesn't really tell the parts of the story you want to know it kind of focuses on Mott as a sympathetic character, which is weird about a con man who murdered his wife. Allegedly.
1: You know, (laughs) sympathy.
0: Yeah. Got some funny moments, but mostly it's just kind of cold and detached and doesn't really bring anything to the table. Uh, So, you know, probably end up on a streaming service at some point, probably Prime, maybe Netflix, but don't pay seven dollars. I did that for you. So
1: I wasn't going to pay anything for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so that's Georgetown Army of the Dead. Uh, that this movie has been in production hell since two thousand seven until Netflix bought the rights in twenty nineteen. Uh, actor Chris Delia was supposed to feature prominently in the film until allegations of sexual misconduct got him digitally removed from The film and replaced by comedian Tig Notaro, who was never actually on set. They CGI'd her into every bit that Chris Delia was supposed to be in, which is actually pretty damn funny. Uh, her dry sense of humor kind of worked with that, considering she's not actually acting with anybody in this movie.
1: Yeah, for what they had to do, I don't understand why Netflix and me just give them like an extra like couple of days or something to shoot, like actually shoot her. Uh, she does fine. Um, especially considering it wasn't just like any old sexual allegations that he was fired for. He involved underage females. Mm. Mm, yeah, I'm not saying it's good either way. I'm saying there's definitely like a worse factor, and I yeah, underage, pretty goddamn disgusting. Uh, so she does fine with what she was, what like, the limitations she had.
0: There's just something about this film that feels like it's holding back. Like, there's a much better movie in here somewhere. It was, in that
1: five-minute fucking credit sequence. That was the better movie.
0: <laughs> the font he used, like, the rampant slow-mo. I, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it.
1: I think we're on the same
0: line on how we feel about this fucking movie. So Zack Snyder directs, and I feel like I personally have talked more about him than any other director on any of these podcasts. And I have done full Filmgasm episodes on Quentin Tarantino, Roman Polanski, David Lynch, and I did an Oscar Sunday on Spike Lee. I want a break from Zach Snyder. I am tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of watching his movies. I want him to go away for at least two years.
1: I yeah. I'm I'm with you. I uh I put in my view, um, but you know I would defend his Dawn Dead, three hundred and Watchmen. His first three films essentially he did. But something happened after those. We had like a weird middle career that no one really gave a shit for. No one really liked him. Then he touched man of steel and all of a sudden he got this fervent, just massive fan base that won't shut the fuck up online. And look, I'm not trying to doubt anyone who likes sex. I have a buddy um, from college who loves Zack Snyder power to him. He likes what he likes. I'm happy for him. I am not a fan of what he's done with DC. I was not that into man of steel. I did not need a four hour long cut of Justice League personally. I i don't think I've made that quite clear enough in the many times I brought it up. I didn't need it and he tricked me into thinking oh he's going back to his the zombie genre and he's clearly going he's brightening the fucking tone finally but then he still did the slow-mos. He still did the excessive fucking run time of two and a half hours and I was just like oh, god damn it Zack Snyder I don't know. And I feel like to an extent, that fan base is what's making his more recent films not that great. It's like he knows he can do whatever the fuck
0: he wants because the fan base is going to eat it up and love it. Why, though? That's the thing. Like, where do these fans come from? Man of Steel is mediocre at best. Like, where is this, like, religious level idolatry for Zack Snyder? I don't understand it. The guy has, in my opinion, done one great movie and that was watchmen and i like the snyder cut mostly because i got to see dark side in action and that meant big old points for me uh but it is incredibly self-indulgent i think that if he you know if he cut the slow-mo from his movies i don't think anything he'd made would eclipse two hours god no it's he's padding his movies out with you know just nonsense i don't get it. I do not understand him. This movie's no different. This movie is full of cliched, heist shit and zombie stuff that completely undercuts the whole fucking point of zombies. Like, if you want to make them, you know, I put in my review, if you want to make them you know, uh, like a sentient beings with a purpose, like to me, they're not fucking zombies. They might as well just make them vampires.
1: Well, and see... That lore stuff he was doing with the zombies was what I was actually interested in seeing because it's first shown that it's a military operation because the thing busts out. So it's established that this really isn't your traditional zombie. It's some probably government experiment unleashed. But again, the movie doesn't care to go into any of that. It wants to give you a fucking generic heist movie. And and so they give me like the cool, because I did like the idea of like, the various levels of zombies, like the based off their intelligence and all that shit, I was really into that. And the idea of like having that head honcho king guy was cool to me, but none of that's really fleshed out and explored. You know,
0: it it lost me with the with the zombie fetus. Like that was too much. I'm like, what? I, this the whole fucking society now? Are you kidding I, me?
1: that didn't bug me because dawn
0: of the dead did it first technically the remake did it first with the zombie baby that was different that was a pregnant woman who got bit by a zombie this was a zombie literally becoming pregnant
1: yeah what zombies can get it on too bro
0: but they no they can't that's the thing they're zombies they're not thinking about that the whole point is you know nothing in there you know shambling brains just zombies i don't if they're organized, they're not zombies to me. Like, this isn't zombies. Well, apparently, not only does this one think about brains, he thinks about vagina as well. I can't imagine how fucking gross that would be. Like, it's going to be
1: smelly. I can tell you that much.
0: It's going to be, like, wet for the wrong reasons is what it's going to be. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Like, ugh, I don't like that this movie made me go there. I kind of like that it did. I embrace it. <laughs> just, there's so many unanswered questions. Like, who was this dude? Who was this zombie patient zero who creates a fucking kingdom in Las Vegas? You know the best part? You're asking us questions,
1: right? Yeah. There's two prequel bullshits coming out. Army of Thieves is a live action prequel movie, but it has nothing to do with that kind of question. It's all about, I guess, the vault again but during the actual like outbreak. And then during the pre-core animated series, again, doesn't answer your question about that because it's about that whole five-minute fucking sequence we watched.
0: <laughs> Not once did I think this more it's a franchise.
1: Okay. Oh, but you're getting it.
0: Plus, the, I just want to point this out. The title doesn't make any goddamn sense either. Not once is it an army ever. Like, a title, I think a better title would have been Kingdom of the Dead.
1: I'd be down for that. Came on with the dead.
0: Yeah, because this there's no army of the dead. It's a horde. It's a horde of the dead. So stop it, Zach. Stop it. I'm not going to say I know better, but I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just have a lot of problems with this movie. It just feels like two mediocre films smushed together and sewed Frankenstein style. And it doesn't work to me.
1: It, yeah, it did not mesh well for me at all. You have a heist movie that is painfully generic because the heist genre is painfully generic.
0: Yeah, the whole time I just kept thinking of that Rick and Morty episode. You, know, you son of a bitch, I'm in, that whole thing. <laughs> because like, every like you know you got the guy who's sent there by the bad guy who big surprise turns on them you've got the fact that they didn't actually want the money they wanted something else you got the fact that nobody gets away with any money you got the whole team is dead you got the one guy who's like two days away from retirement one guy who's got a kid it's all fucking there it's ridiculous yeah, it's
1: every and what's funny is actually i had a friend over when i was watching it, and i told him I was like hey i gotta watch this for the podcast so you don't watch it so yeah sure and I remember when we first, like, that opening sequence we were into and the whole credit sequence, opening credit sequence, we were both like, okay, Zack Snyder might give us something here. The moment it switched to, like, we got to get the team back together, <laughs> I was just sitting there and my buddy was just getting pissed. He was just like, fucking God damn it!" They went <laughs> right back to generic bullshit. <laughs> <sighs>
0: getting I handled
1: the- it better. I just watched, but he was getting very livid Yeah,
0: (laughs) watching it. Well, just little lines like, you know, that's crazy. It's like, so you're not in. It's like, I didn't say that. (laughs) What? Oh, God, it's ridiculous. The little bit with uh, Scott and Maria just suddenly saying like, oh, by the way, I've loved you for years. And he's like, oh, we're doing this now. Like, (laughs) that's just a setup that you're going to feel a little worse when she gets killed five minutes from then. Yeah, and
1: the thing is, too, the movie pulled it a couple of times. There would be a couple of times when it would be like, okay, now we're going to give them this really nice emotional moment and then completely fucking destroy them. And I'm like, it doesn't work when you haven't established it at the beginning of the fucking movie. You know,
0: I'm starting to think Zack Snyder might not be a very good writer. You think there might be something to that? I mean, I'm just, you know, shooting in the
1: dark here. Maybe. Did he? I know he didn't write Dawn of the Dead. That was a uh, James Gunn. Yeah, that's why that was good. That's why it's good. What okay. about 300 and Watchmen? Oh, let's let's check. Well, let's look that up. Let's see, because again, I will defend those three movies.
0: Watchmen. OK, Watchmen. Let's do some have- research,
1: guys yeah. but you can't see us, do, but we're doing it. Yeah,
0: podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel super unprofessional when I have to look stuff up in the middle of the show, but I don't give a fuck. You get go- we're, you know. 20 the 15 what episode is this
1: i mean look i came into this late and i'm the co-founder so i don't know
0: watchman written by david Hayter and alex say
1: okay and 300
0: 300 written by okay co-written by zach snyder also written by kurt Johnstad and michael b gordon
1: okay so minus 300 but it sounds like there are many more writers involved in that than just him so he had people to tell him no
0: well he had two writers two more writers for this too
1: yeah but you know what i think the difference is he did 300 after john the dead he was still an unknown director yeah so i think there was a lot more of a like you can't know we told you what to do because we gotta make sure this movie turns out great Whereas by the time I did came out, he had the whole fucking release the Snyder cut, release the Snyder cut, restore the signer verse, restore the signer verse that no one's telling him fucking no anymore.
0: You know what? I do, I would argue that 300 is not awesome because of the writing. I think most of the writing is, you know, Spartans, Whoa! like that's most of the dialogue. The writing I mean, is kind of secondary in that movie. It's all visuals and, you know, war.
1: Yeah. So, I don't, well, and that's, I think, also why I didn't like Man is Still, because if you actually looked at the behind the scenes for both 300 and Watchmen, he would just bring the graphic novel to set and tell them, like, this is what we're filming. So, like, both 300 and Watchmen are exactly from the print to the page yeah. adaptations. And that's why, for me personally, when you got time to do Man is Still and he did what he did with that, I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, you literally gave me pitch-perfect just straight up adaptations of these prior two comics and you have a chance at fucking Superman and you don't do a good job with it.
0: Because Superman is not a brooding dark figure. He's a beacon of hope for the world. You got to remember that Zach, not every superhero, you know, loses their personality along with their parents. You got to remember that. So yeah, I, man of steel was To build an entire cinematic universe off of that, it it was doomed to fail from the beginning.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I think that speaks to like going up to, you know, back to Army of the Dead. This is a guy that I think what I, one thing that turns me off is that he takes himself so damn seriously with his work. Because even like, I mean, he does inject some more humor into Army of the Dead, but I can't say I was exactly laughing with the use of the humor.
0: Yeah, I I didn't know it was I didn't notice the humor, honestly. I I I wasn't uh I wasn't that drawn in.
1: Yeah, I think the one time I actually like laughed was the scene where they're trying to get past the uh, the safe obstacles and the guy has to keep going back down and grabbing zombies and it's more of the actor than anything. Like his face from that first one just they had a shooting just like god damn it. I'll be (laughs) back. Everyone hold on.
0: (laughs) Uh there was so much, but so many of the comedy, like just like in his past work, was so goddamn forced. Like when uh, Tanaka is explaining the plan and he says easy peasy Japanesey, and the one guy's like, I don't think you're supposed to say that. He's like, but I'm Japanese. Like, was that necessary? Like, it was stupid.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, Tignataro did try to save it with her joke, which is a little bit better, but still.
0: And he, like, we never find out, like, he never gets any comeuppance to Naka for setting them up. That's all just kind of left. Well,
1: because Snyder literally kills off the entire cast. Yeah. He does. Like, no one came out, the one dude who, by the way, in real life would have fucking died the moment he got out of that safe.
0: There was the whole twist at the end. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. You Nuclear fallout doesn't go away in like a fucking hour. You can't just do that. No, that's ridiculous. And he was bit, but doesn't the isn't the transfer like way faster than that? It's way faster, and we see him fight the dude before he gets thrown to the safe. So the whole time, I'm like, well, when did this happen?
1: Because we saw him fight and then get thrown to the safe. When the fuck did this happen?
0: And it wasn't necessary. We didn't need his epilogue only to have him turn on a fucking plane. Like, what? Yeah, that I mean? didn't
1: need it. It was just overly long. I remember thinking, like, when that ended and then they did that, I was like, ah, there's small to the movie. I thought we were finally over. But uh, nope, but I had to get more. And again, you know, look, I tend to let pass the whole like nuke thing in movies because, you know, I've lost kind of mound movies. I think that if you get in a helo and you go really fast in a helo, and just so you know what I do in the Navy, I can tell you for certain, helos aren't that fucking fast. Mm <laughs> hmm. Your car goes 120. Your helo can maybe go a little bit over that. A little bit. Uh, the helo is running away from the explosion. The dust cloud hits it. And everything, it crashes. But everyone walks out fine. I'm like, no. Because if you are in the dust cloud, you actually get vaporized. That's how nukes work. You cease to exist as a human being. And I was like, and then not only that, let's say you do magically survive. Radiation is going to fuck you up. But I tend to forgive it because at this point like 20,000 years I've done it. There's just something about when he got out of that safe though at like round fucking zero of explosion that I was like no 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 no. He doesn't need to worry about turning into a zombie. He's going to die. <laughs> anyway from radiation. And if anything he'll be a radiated zombie. So now he's just fucking the whole world up.
0: Uh this, yeah, For a movie that's been in development For 10 plus years This really does feel kind of half-assed uh, Let's talk a bit about the cast We got Dave Batista As Scott Ward The leader of the group Batista, a former WWE wrestler Is known for his role as Drax In the Guardians of the Galaxy films But he's also appeared in Spectre Blade Runner 2049 And he's set to appear in Dune He's becoming a pretty big uh, prop, pretty big property in Hollywood. He's uh, going to be...
1: Would you consider him an A-lister at this point? Yeah, he's getting there, um, if not already there. I, I like Batista. <laughs> I think in the, in the hierarchy of like the three different fucking wrestlers turn actors and um, him and The Rock and obviously also John Cena, in case anyone's wondering what the third one is. <laughs> I'd put him behind uh, The Rock. Only because John Cena I've only ever seen do comedies, which he's great at. I just haven't seen him any do fucking anything else. Oh, well, you're about to. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're about <laughs> to be the younger fucking brother. I'm not even... Young, all right.
0: Younger, whiter, taller, with hair, Vin Diesel.
1: Totally not cast because, you know, it's not because
0: The Rock and Vin Diesel have beef or anything. Not why. <laughs> Calling it now. In Fast 11, John Cena is going to be joining their fucking team. Just going to happen in Fast 10? What are you talking about? (laughs) You can't turn your back on family. You just can't. And you always got to have at least one wrestler in your movie or else no one's seeing it. We saw that with one through four. Yeah, no one's paying to see Vin Diesel. You know, he thinks they are. Nobody has gone to the movies to see Vin Diesel since the fucking Iron Giant. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big Riddick fan, and yeah, I agree with that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I like – Dave Batista's all – I like him. I like what he does and a lot of stuff. I don't – I think the only reason I don't him like super List now is because he's still occasionally picking mediocre films. Like, very
0: great. Like, Stuber? Huh?
1: Like, Stuber? <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't even watched that. I've, I watched My Spy, though, and I was like, ugh.
0: Yeah, they all do that. There's no actor who hasn't taken a paycheck gig.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm just saying, like, it seems like he's kind of, like, in that rock early phase where it was, like, a lot of, uh-uh, so-so films before we finally got what we got now. But he's, on I think he's on his way, there with Marvel and...
0: Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> Is there a certain film you would kind of pinpoint Dwayne Johnson's turn from wrestler in movies to Hollywood A-lister? trying to think right now.
1: Maybe Fast Five, honestly. When he joined, that, he gave it the Viagra
0: it needed. When he became that baby oiled poured sumbitch. Some Sumbitch. <laughs> <It, Goody. looking, laughs> I'm looking at his career. You know what? I think you are right. I think it is Fast Five. Yeah, it's Fast Five. Yeah, I would say
1: Fast Five. Because that's when he saw him, you know, it, like... Pretty much like consistently entertaining a shit films.
0: <laughs> oh, weird! I can't wait to do F nine. It's already grossed one hundred and sixty million worldwide. Like no, it R&B. hasn't. Yeah, one hundred and sixty mil global uh, before it's even touched America.
1: No fucking way.
0: Yeah, are the you trying?
1: Are you trying to tell me that it wasn't Godzilla versus Kong that saved the box office, but it's gonna be the fucking
0: ninth? Fast and Furious movie. Looking like looks like it. Yeah. Thank you. You yeah. know. Fuck me. God leave damn it. it. Leave it to John Cena to save the world.
1: <laughs> oh, you know it's going to be Vin Diesel taking so you know all the credit, though. Yeah, but we all know who the
0: real hero is here.
1: It's Paul you Walker. Ha- <laughs> Good one. You know what's going on? You know what? This was gonna happen. Vin Diesel is gonna think he's the one that's bringing this back, right? And he's saying in the box office is really us wanting to see what John Cena brings to this franchise.
0: And then they're going to have beef. He's going to have to get rid of John Cena. And then guess who's going to pop over on Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw and Cena, part two. And then Batista
1: is going to join Fast and Furious.
0: He's just got an endless conveyor belt of wrestlers turned actors. What's going to happen when Batista pisses him off, fucking Triple H? (laughs) Randy Couture in here. <laughs> Don't call
1: Steve Austin.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right here. Cumulative worldwide gross. 162 million,
1: Jesus fucking Christ. Apparently people really want F9, the
0: fast saga. <laughs> you would have told me in 2001 this point break ripoff with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel is going to be a multi-billion-dollar franchise someday. I would have told you to fuck off. And here <laughs> we are.
1: I, dude, if I could travel back in time, I would go to my younger self, and that's the only thing I would tell my younger self. Nothing else, just so you can I can wrap my head around the fact that one day this franchise is going to be huge, and not just something I watched on TNT when it
0: was on. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Invest in Tyrese. Corona, and wrestlers turned actors. Thank me later. (laughs) It is the only thing that matters 20 years from now. I promise. That Riddick franchise, stop worrying about it.
1: You're not going to get any more movies. Bet on Fast and Furious.
0: Bet on family. (laughs) Justice for Han, goddammit. It's 2001. Who's Han? That's not important. <laughs> Just remember the name. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's... The success of this franchise will never make sense to me. <laughs> it Look, I, there's some
1: wacky series out there, but this is the one that, yes, blows my mind. And don't get me wrong. It's blowing my mind when I'm one of those shy-asses paying money and saying my ass in a the theater and watching it. Yeah. I'm totally like, who? I'm that like, guy sometimes like, how is this still a thing? As if I'm completely oblivious and I'm hoping this franchise, like who is still doing this? Who is still giving this? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sitting in the theater right now watching it.
0: I have seen five through Hobbs and Shaw at the movies and I plan to see nine as well.
1: I will. Yeah. yeah. We, I can't we use a podcast as
0: an excuse for that. Like five through Hobbs and Shaw was my own damn fault.
1: Well, we'll be watching nine together. So yes, we will. I will be getting tickets early. To ensure good seating, since apparently it's making lots of money.
0: Apparently it is. That's China. They love their fast and they love their furious.
1: Well, and also the AMC that we will be going to has nice reclining seats, so you want a good seat.
0: How has that phrase never been been said in this whole goddamn franchise? Like, no one said, like, let's do it fast, let's do it furious. No one said that. (laughs) How is that possible? How is it that's the one movie
1: series that has not said its title?
0: Is that the only one? I mean, it's got to be. Has to be. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruminate on that. I was like, usually movies are
1: good about sneaking their fucking title in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always kind of
1: forced. Yeah, I like it when they they force it so much that it's like
0: in the trailer, like a character says the movie title, and like, ugh. My favorite one was. It must be some sort of. Hot tub time machine, and he looks right at the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, moving on to the cast, Ella Purnell plays Kate Ward, Scott's estranged daughter. Uh, Purnell has appeared in such films as Never Let Me Go, Kick Ass Two, Maleficent, and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. She is English. Oh. And kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. Dad they, has to blow mom's brains out and you're mad he wasn't more communicative about it. It, it really yeah, that whole plotline pissed me off
1: because I'm like, you know, it seems as if they were married. So it's not like this was like an ex-wife business. This was a married to this woman type of business. Yeah. And to be so selfish, That, oh, you killed mom. That's the dude's wife, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just, it bugs me. Simmer
0: down. Simmer down there.
1: Sorry. (laughs) It just bugs me. Like, that's an annoying, like, that's your dad who had to kill the one that he loved. You know what he, you know what he had to do to fucking bring you into this ward? Make sweet love to that woman. (laughs) And then he had to stab her
0: in the head. And oh, poor woe is me. Okay, sorry. Damn. Okay. Wow. We all right. <laughs> Same destination, very different highway. Um, well I <laughs> it might be all right. That was in his the, wife. In the flashback, you clearly see he 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 hate, you know, he hated having to do this. He's sobbing, he's in pain. But she and she even says, like, I never blamed you for killing mom. It was that you didn't talk about it like that caused you to break your relationship with your father. And that's yeah, it just didn't work. I didn't. Yeah,
1: buy it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get heated, but it did. It just made me annoyed because I think you see you see, like I said, you see him get hurt about it. She sees that it's like, I'm sorry that the guy who was established a some kind of spec ops for his job didn't talk about his feelings. What the hell was his job anyway? I I was thinking Spec Ops because, like, you know, The Rock and John Stanley just can't ever
0: play a regular human being. It's always, like, prior Spec Ops type of thing. Well, he got the Medal of Freedom, which isn't that a civilian honor? It might be. So I think he was just some dude <laughs> like, who knew how to handle himself. All right. Well, sure. why well, he's flipping burgers now. Man looking that big for flipping burgers.
1: So it was kind of a funny thing to see. Yeah, he's like, dude, is 400 pounds of hulking fucking muscle and he's just and he saw, like his all his tattoos that are not covered for the movie. So it's like, what? I don't want burgers from this guy.
0: I would never send it back. He'd kick my ass. I was like, I'm kind of scared. It looks like he'll kill me. But yeah, no, that yeah, she, it's a she diner like, in the middle of the desert Nevada. He absolutely will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I know her she,
1: her whole thing she bugged me because yeah it's like I'm sorry he didn't talk about the death of his killing his own wife it's probably not an easy thing for him to talk about especially well, to and then
0: when, when he says like, I, like is there a chance we can reconnect and she says like I spent so long hating you I don't know how to turn it off wow
1: yeah I you know what I stand by it she was a bitch I stand by it <laughs> she was an absolute
0: bitch to her dad I wish that that would come up more in films. Like, why is Dad always the bad guy? Like, maybe she, maybe she was the bad guy here. Maybe I wish he'd said that. Like, you know, I tried. Where were you? Yeah, and that's what
1: you know. And this is like that cliche, right? Where like you know, you get the dad from that does something, and then it's some real flimsy reason for why the daughter or someone doesn't want to talk to them I anymore. Mean, I'm like, that's kind of dumb. Or another thing I really hate, when you get the the dad that's a cop are some other demanding job and we need a divorce because you just work too much. And it, it bugs me because it's sending like we're in 2021 now. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we're still sending this message that if a guy works too much and doesn't initially want to talk about his feelings, you should just give up on him, leave and fuck him. He's a terrible human being. And I'm like, that's
0: the wrong message to me in 2021 to be sending. Few things bother me in movies more than the phrase "There's more than life to being a cop." <laughs> I, it makes me want to turn the movie off immediately and set it on fire. Yeah,
1: because it's very my people who clearly don't understand. Uh, one of my one of my buddies, you know, he you know he's a cop. He works twelve hour shifts.
0: It's <laughs> they work long ass hours. Well, and it's not like it's some big ass secret. That they're a cop, like you knew who he was going in. Where is this animosity coming from? How about you try a little harder? How about you be open and say, like, hey, you know, let's work this out instead of just saying you're sleeping on the couch, you Irish bastard, because he's always Irish. (laughs) Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) (sighs) They do do what cops they do with uh if the dude's military, especially if he's special forces. Oh, you, you, it's like. Could we just stop with the, and again, in the year 2021, can we stop with this fucking cliche and make it to where, like, maybe the female actually, like, the, the couple actually tries to work it out for once and goes to, like, marriage counseling instead of this straight fucking divorce and the guy's the bad guy? It's one thing when we've established the guy's cheating or doing other bad shit. A lot different story. I get it. But when it's something that's not that and flimsy, like, oh, they're doing their job to provide for their family. I hate you or like in this movie's case you had to kill your zombie wife aka my mom to protect both of us and you didn't want to talk about it because it probably hurts you deeply I hate you no you're a bitch
0: yeah that's that's some cold shit he had to grieve alone because you couldn't like you were waiting like for him it's it's terrible it's bad writing
1: it is and god I (laughs) Really hope I didn't alienate a whole large chunk of the fan base (laughs) in my rant.
0: I don't think there's a lot of cop wives listening to our show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm pro relationships.
0: Just you know, work your shit out if you can. I'm we're pro trying. Yeah, pro trying. We're anti lazy. (laughs) Yeah, don't just give up immediately. Jesus Christ, people. What did Paul McCartney say? We can work it out. <laughs> Try to see it my way. Anyway. Uh, Same guy that also saying that he is the walrus, but okay. That was John. Different story. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very bad husband. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Omari o- Hardwick plays Van Der Rohe, the extra muscle. It's kind of unclear why he's here. Uh, Hardwick has appeared in such films as Kick-Ass, Sorry to Bother You, and he was the star of the series Power on Stars. And his character is interesting. He seems like kind of a low-rent Michael Jai White most of the time. There's not really a lot of... Uh...
1: You know what's funny? My friend I was watching this with turned to me at one point and goes, why didn't they just cast Michael Jai White in this movie? <laughs> 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 why are you saying that? He's like, because this guy's clearly a Michael J.
0: White. But <laughs> little, little oh. rent.
1: So are oh, not the fantastic. only one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, his his whole character is kind of just there to quip. Like he doesn't really have much use to the plot.
1: No, and you know I'll give the actor credit. He seems to be trying. Like I'm not. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to be trying to film it. Like he actually seems to be trying. Because like I said, I did laugh when he had to keep grabbing the zombies for the like the trying to break through the bait security, the vault security. Yeah. That part was funny because of his face when he had to go back down and keep grabbing them. But like he, then you have moments like where he has that the fucking bone saw chain. What the fuck that saw was. Other than the opening little sequence, he never uses it. Which just pissed me off. I'm like, you have this awesome fucking weapon to kill zombies with and you're not... It's used to cut open in a fucking concrete wall.
0: <laughs> oh um, my god. I think it's weird that Sean Spicer had a cameo in this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird, especially in like a really like big cast. Because many had a big cast. We did not need any cameos.
0: Get a fucking toupee on. Like it was completely unnecessary. Like debating the rights of zombies. Like that's going to be a thing. Nuke them. Shoot them. They're dead. We've all seen zombie movies. In real life, this should be taken care of super fast if we all know what to do. Yeah, in
1: real life, I don't think we would have waited for fucking days to nuke. We've been like, yeah, just nuke it, get down with it. Yeah. And I also get- you had it walled. I don't think a nuke was
0: the answer. You could have just regularly bombed the city. That's right. There was no immediate need to nuke this place. <laughs> or you know,
1: yeah, you could have done some drone uh, drone strikes or maybe some like a very elite, like big team in like anything other than nuking the city. And I'm permanent fucking nuclear fallout in Las Vegas, of all places.
0: Yeah. Um, Ana de la Regera plays Maria Cruz, Scott's old flame, apparently. Uh, Regera has also appeared in such films as Nacho Libre, Cowboys and Aliens, and she appeared in such shows as Narcos, Power and Goliath. And her character immediately loses so many points where she's just like, I came here for you because I love you.
1: Yeah, at first, you know, I didn't mind her character. And then they did the random, like, we got to get a love story in before we uh, before we kill her off. And I was like, god damn it.
0: Completely unnecessary. And his reaction like, I thought I fucked that up for good. <laughs> fucked up what? <laughs> Nobody's talked about any of this shit till now.
1: <laughs> no one's talked about it it hasn't been established i feel like i fairly really feel like batista was trying hard but just not a great script like trying to salvage something here
0: that man's face is so tight like it always feels like his skin's about to tear open you know he's got this, i don't know the way his head looks is just like like it's just so I don't know. There's something about him. So jacked. It's just muscle and tight. I've never seen a jacked face before. (laughs) Like that's the only explanation. The dude's just jacked in the face. A lot of uh, face workouts. How do you even? What do you do? I'm just picturing like just slamming a fucking like barbell into your face, (laughs) and that's probably not a good idea. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matthias Schweioffer, I'm not German, plays Dieter, the most German German whoever cracked a safe in Germany. <laughs> this appears to be one of his first American productions because most of his IMDb pages in German. I mean, God damn it. It's, I always hate characters whose nationality are their only personality trait.
1: Yeah, and He's a case where like he's trying to be an air comic relief, but
0: he was just more annoying than anything. Yeah, it's when he starts doing that weird little dance in the vault, and then it's just like, I'm sorry, like so annoying. Annoying,
1: then like he keeps trying to like ask the questions during the meeting to be funny. It was like not laughing. No.
0: Ugh, unnecessary. Uh Nora Arnazader plays Lily. Yeah.
1: Sorry, real quick, for you on her. Did you not think his idea to throw the guy into the safe was stupid as fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was not. I mean, he didn't have a lot of options. Granted, but he was he was effectively murdering that guy. I was like, you know, you. I was like, yeah. My buddy pointed out the two. He was like, as soon as like the
1: door was like, no, you just murdered that guy. Like, if he doesn't escape, he's dying in the safe.
0: (laughs) I assumed that what was going to happen was the chopper wasn't going to work, and they were all like, we can't get out of here in time. We got to go to the safe, and they were going to like try to ride out the nuclear explosion in the vault. That's what I thought was going to happen.
1: That's what I thought. Because so also, if you're throwing, let's say, when he threw him in the safe, right? My next I was like, oh, he's going to go in there and close it. No, he's like, let me close it outside, therefore killing myself immediately. And it's like, you could have just gone in there with him and shut the door. You didn't need to make it heroic. You literally just could have walked in and, like, probably have a lot easier time pulling that goddamn thing closed.
0: <laughs> uh, I hate when one of these is a bad movie. And also,
1: Uh, I feel like they. Why did they even not go with the group? I did I miss something? Like they did not. They just separated from the rest of the group randomly.
0: I was kind of checked out at that point. I was I wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh, Once you know Martin very obviously and predictably betrayed them, I was kind of like, oh, what a twist! And (laughs) was you know, I didn't I didn't know. So no, I, I I cannot answer that for you.
1: Okay, because I, I, it seemed like they just randomly were separated from the rest of the group for no reason.
0: Isn't it crazy (laughs) how nine minutes can last half an hour in movie world? (laughs) Sometimes I wish it lasted like that in real life. God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Nora arnazader plays Lily the Coyote, the nicest, most... Reasonable coyote in the history of film. Uh, she's a French actress who's appeared in such films as The Words, Safe House, and the shows Zoo and Mozart in the Jungle. And I feel like her character should have been a little bit more of a hard ass, like, she was fairly reasonable for a coyote who was being paid to do this.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, as soon as it was brought up that that that, uh woman she brought over had family, she means like, Oh, I wouldn't have done it if I had known. It's like you're like the nicest like smuggler I've ever met in film. Like, I, I your title really does not do you justice.
0: I hated that woman who like went in there to get her kids more money. Like, Gita, she was she died in the crash too, right? I think so. Yeah. So Kate's whole story arc in this Is pointless Almost
1: Everyone's story arc in this is pointless Especially because <laughs> if you think about it They know they're about to bomb that city
0: Why would you risk going there for money Well originally They weren't bombing it for like four days It was during the, the heist that they moved it up To like two hours from then
1: I know but even then like, Is it really worth the risk If it's two
0: hours from now or four days Well and we saw That You can clearly survive, like, if he survived the vault, the money survived the vault as well. So, really, they could have just waited for the nuke to kill the zombies and then gone in in a hazmat suit and gotten that money. Yeah. (laughs) But also, Tanaka didn't give a shit about the money. That was a ruse. He just needed a team to get his man in there so we could get an alpha zombie head, which is worth, like, way more on the black market
1: which also proved useless because he got smashed to bits.
0: Yeah, that whole... And again, like with that knowledge, Tanaka never got his, and that bugs me.
1: Yeah. Because technically he wins when the whole stinger that the guy got bit at some point in the safe that he was supposed to be safe in, uh, you know, finds out he got bit. So it's like, well, Tanaka technically still won because now there's going to be another zombie outbreak in a sequel I don't want.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I still can't get over the title. Army of the Dead. It doesn't make sense. There's no army. <sighs> oh, God damn it. Garrett Dillahunt plays Martin, the odd man out, the absolute traitor who is the most predictable part of this film.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I was calling that from the very beginning.
0: Yeah. It's fucking Burke from Aliens. It's so obvious what he's after.
1: And every heist movie has it, right? The one guy that's gonna betray them, she's actually working for the other team. God, I the will heist say movie though, is
0: dead and we killed it.
1: <laughs> I will say this much throughout this movie. The moment the zombie tiger was introduced, I was like, that's badass. I barely see this fucking tiger kill someone. And well, you know well, what? I got his I got the zombie tiger killing his character, and I, I did like that. I was a fan, I really enjoyed that part.
0: That was a good scene. He keeps talking about the tiger. Like, I can't believe it. It's perverse. Like, why is this here? <laughs> I think it really bothered him. And I love that it was a white tiger. It was one of Siegfried and Roy's white tigers. That was great. That was a great touch. It's Vegas. White tiger, you know, is a symbol of Vegas. Yeah. If I had, mo- see, and if I had more things like that, like his,
1: yeah, his thing where he was like constantly talking about the tiger was cracking me up. Like constant just, guys see that tiger. That's just so perverse. Like, it really... Get under his skin that there was a zombie tiger involved in all these shenanigans.
0: And then it fucks him up like Leo in the Revenant and just ripping him apart and then eats his fucking face off. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, the I will say this the gore
1: effects in this movie were fucking awesome. Yeah, I'll give you that.
0: The scene at the beginning where like the zombie gets b- like blown apart by the 50 cow. Are you kidding me? Like, I was like, shit, this is gonna be neat. I was wrong.
1: Yeah, that's why I said, like, if they had just dropped the heist stuff and given me more of the zombie gore in action, I would have enjoyed the fuck out of this movie.
0: You could have still done the heist thing, just done it a little smarter, had it meshed with the zombie thing, had you know, it be like, you know, Dave Bautista's putting a group, a team together to get his daughter out of Vegas. You know, something like that.
1: I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it may have that, his daughter went with that group in, and, and then he finds out, and then they have to go in.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I did like that it did answer the like I with the trailers had questions like why is anybody caring about money in the zombie apocalypse? The idea that it's not the zombie apocalypse, it's just Vegas makes sense. That's why they're after money because money still counts. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I did like how yeah we actually had a very smart answer, a realistic depiction of what would probably happen in a zombie apocalypse, which is like we're just gonna wall this bitch off. Boom, boom done no more outbreak
0: we win this is the only zombie movie i've ever seen where this shit is actually contained
1: yeah (laughs) and it's because of dumbass humans that by the end of the film it's no longer contained
0: nope like it was contained and there was a plan to very much keep it contained and we fucked it up although it is now loose on a plane which is probably going to crash and kill everyone on board anyway so i think i think we're good probably uh comedian tig notaro plays peters the chopper pilot notaro is a stand-up comic who's appeared in such films as instant family lucy in the sky and together together Uh, i've not seen any of her stand-up i don't think i will she does not seem like my kind of comic but uh yeah she's all right kind of forgettable
1: she does her best with the again the circumstances it does really bug me that they filmed her the way they did instead of just being like you know hey let's me give an extra week to reshoot like i don't think netflix has the fucking invisible fake paper money to do it so i mean i don't see why they couldn't just grant like an extra week to actually film her with the cast instead of The weird CGI stuff over Chris Delia, especially because if you look on Netflix, but all his stand up specials are still there.
0: Yeah, they're not Netflix original content. They're not going to take that off.
1: Yeah, well, no, they did Lewis CK. They took his Netflix original stand ups off. They
0: did. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying like it was already weird to begin with because you kept his stand up, but were adamant he'd not be in this movie. Hmm. And then you did a weird way to replace it, which it just looks weird because it's noticeable. She's not with the rest of them at times. It's pretty goddamn noticeable.
0: They didn't take Louis C.K. stuff off. It's all still there.
1: Oh, it's still there? I thought they
0: yeah. took his shit off. No, it's, it's all there. Netflix is, you know, money so, for Netflix. They don't care.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they can just print their own money,
0: but. I mean, if you're going to replace Chris D'Elia with another, you know, comic under your umbrella, I would have gone with fucking Tom Segura that would have been hilarious to see him as like a chubby helicopter pilot who just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> that would have been hilarious.
1: I, I would have been now with that. Even before the allegations, I really don't
0: see how Chris Delia would have done any good in this. I watched his first stand-up special, and I thought it was just all right. The bit where he talked about like football games, if the players actually were what their teams were like pirates versus dolphins and shit like that. Like <laughs> that was funny, but other than that, not really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen all his stand-ups because I thought it was funny. It is like his joke about r- fucking with the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I don't see him panting like the Tignatar part. Like I'm sure she's playing like how they were, it was ran for him. And I can't see him being like this tough, no fucking nonsense, try humor type of dude, because he doesn't use try humor in his stand-up.
0: Yeah. Uh, it is kind of neat that we can just take assholes out of films and replace them with better people. Like, <laughs> digitally now.
1: It is kind of neat that we can do that. It is, but let's perfect it and make it not noticeable that she
0: is not with the rest of that cast. <laughs> like they should have, you know, the way they, um, All the Money in the World did it, by just reshooting Plummer and Wahlberg and uh williams together that worked you know take three days reshoot it new movie Boom, yeah, film done yeah. mm. um the film has an imdb score of 6.1 rotten tomato score of 71 percent it is available to see in theaters but it's also a netflix original so i recommend you just watch it there uh, let's just let's talk some highlights we kind of already covered a lot of them Just naturally, I think I find it very interesting that the cause of this whole fucking thing is some roadhead, which seems to be the leading cause of a lot of movie car accidents. Has that ever gone gone well in a movie ever? Apparently, apparently not. Apparently, if
1: movies teach you anything, do not get roadhead because you will crash your car because you'll be too focused on how great it feels instead of driving. (laughs) His hands weren't even on the fucking wheel. His hands went on the wheel. He was looking up. nothing about him like I remember as soon as I was like oh well, there goes that five minute marriage
0: (laughs) I I think a lot of the blame is on the military though I mean they weren't paying attention either and they should have been paying way more attention considering what's going on there
1: yeah they had the dangerous cargo and just I don't know the thought of going out like you die with your significant other's mouth down on your dick And that's how you die. That is how you die.
0: Dude, what about the girl? She's going to die with a dick in her mouth. That seems way worse.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've been married for five minutes, thought you'd give him a good time, and you're dead.
0: (laughs) Just pull over and enjoy yourselves. Like, why why do you have to be driving?
1: Just wait till you get to the hotel room. Build the suspense. Guys, for all you guys out there, let me tell you something. Foreplay, Goes a long way. So just build it up to your hotel room. And you'll have a great time where nothing's moving. The door is locked. You probably won't die.
0: Love that probably. <laughs> not a lot of faith in Vegas.
1: <laughs> no, not in Vegas.
0: <laughs> I'm just picturing you on like a Nova, the more you know. Just like, listen, guys, foreplay goes a long way. <laughs> and like winking at the camera. <laughs> Some TED talk. um did you catch the awesome homage to an american werewolf in london so there's two soldiers when they're running from the package and one of them trips and the other guy's like you scared the hell out of me and he's like just help me up will you and then he gets attacked same dialogue from the first attack in american werewolf Oh shit! No, sir. Yeah, I recognized it immediately. I was like, "That's one of my favorite movies." I was like, "That's, that's fucking Jack and David right there."
1: God, ah, except that's a better movie. Uh, hey better. <laughs> again, you know what? The gore—I'll give it grant. I don't know if it was just me, and my fucking TV, or what, but was it kind of hard to see in these fucking dark scenes in the beginning?
0: Oh yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to shut the curtains and just kind of create an environment just to see.
1: Okay, so it wasn't just me fucking having terrible eyesight or anything. Yeah, it was like a bitch to see.
0: Did you notice towards the end, uh, when somebody kills a zombie and it's got a fucking robot head? Yeah, and also did
1: I I swear to god, I saw like electricity or something coming out of zombie or something. He had a
0: fucking like robot eye,
1: like half his face was metal. What the hell was that? I don't know. That's where like I, it's like they're trying to play with the lore again it's like established that this zombie was some had to be some kind of military experiment which would explain the weird shit you see with zombies and maybe why this one can fuck but again because they don't delve into it at all because you want to make room for a generic ass heist movie i'm just sitting there going. what's with this zombie why
0: is this zombie doing this well and like if you're going to just casually throw in, like, zombie robots, I I demand an explanation. Like, you can't just do that and then walk away. I need to know why there's a zombie robot just walking around Vegas.
1: Look, man, this movie was throwing so out. Zombie robots, zombie tigers, zombie sex, potential zombie rape. I got the explicit feeling that those women he had fucking captured, the king... Was trying to impregnate one to get out the wall, was what I took from that scene.
0: Ugh, fuck, I hope not.
1: Because remember, he made a big deal about, oh, my queen is pregnant. And then he had them locked up. So I was like, maybe he's trying to get out the fucking wall. That could just be me being like a weird fucking psycho, but that's what I got from it. So it's like, if you're going to throw these things and these implications, can I get more explanation? Because this is all weird shit you're throwing at me in your two and a half hour long zombie film.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Smart zombies. What do you think? I'm okay
1: with it. Um, mainly because it is something if you actually so if you watch like the chronologically with the George Romero flicks, you had things like Bub and Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead, they could apparently walk through water <laughs> out the other side. So there was like Romero did play with the idea of like maybe over time, but by over time, years and years and years. Zombies can and get some sort of intelligence, not to the extent we see an army of the dead, but some kind of intelligence. It is. Uh, it's exploring the book that they did, The Living Dead. They was writing, that got finished by someone else. That was it was explored in that book as well. Mm,
0: not, see, I Romero's earned earned the right to experiment with smart zombies. Snyder has not. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying Snyder has. I'm just saying, like, it, I'm not fully taken out
1: of it because it is, it has been played with by someone like Romero, who's a master. Yeah. I just think this movie at times went too far with it and didn't really build up too much to establishing how there are smart zombies.
0: Well, they all just, it felt and looked so much like 30 Days of Night. Like, it just had that same tone. And I don't know. I just, I like my monsters to be monsters. I don't like when you try to stay like, oh, zombies have humanity and rights too. Like, fuck off.
1: I think had they built up more to how these they were gaining their intelligence, and again, maybe giving more explanation for the head honcho zombie, I would have fallen in for it more. Instead, it was something that was interesting to me that didn't get fully explored.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Snyder, as I learned from Dawn of the Dead and now this film, he really likes Richard Cheese. <laughs> used his cover of viva las vegas for the opening credits and oh, to yeah. cover of down with the sickness in dawn of the dead
1: it's that's right i i know what you're talking about josh showed me richard- all of that is richard cheese i'm familiar <laughs> with that artist
0: <laughs> the whole soundtrack really is slow versions of like slow cover songs of, of uh rock songs like the End by the Doors is covered, Bad Moon Rising is covered, even the end is an acoustic version of Zombie by the Cranberries, which I think is a little on the
1: nose. A little on the nose, but I also really like Zombie by the Cranberries. So it's I always get excited when I can hear it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's guess it's no different than hearing, you know, Godzilla in a Godzilla movie, which I enjoyed that. So
1: all right, we'll take that back. Having a French brand by the name of Gojira. <laughs> uh I enjoy highly
0: zombie tiger was badass uh the whole making a sacrifice to the zombies i feel like lily knew a lot about how their culture operated she knew a lot and then didn't tell them yeah until like i, I thought like hey we got to bring him to bo rossi who will always be juice from sons of Anarchy to me and i think he was in league cage i believe shades yes he was yeah. i remember that uh so, yeah, he, him getting, you know, sacrificed was cool. He was a rapist, asshole. So, good for him. I just think it's weird that Lily knew, like, we need to bring sacrifice and then we got to stay indoors. Like, why would you know all this? Yeah. We're making a lot of assumptions here. Well, it's like, and it's like, if you do know all this, may share it
1: with the team before they go in? Because it was like, they were finding they went, like, you have to go inside. Then they get inside. What are these zombies? They're hibernating zombies. It's like, why don't you tell people this shit, Esther, before you go?
0: I got to say, the sea of hibernating zombies was my favorite part. That was funny well, as hell. That was a nice tense sequence.
1: Like, yeah. that was a really nice
0: tense sequence. I was impressed with that. Uh, it's weird to see a zombie in mourning. He <laughs> just, you know, avenge my queen. They took my baby. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's not shit I expected from zombies.
1: This blue baby.
0: Yeah, who, like, fades away. Such a little, tiny, weird, little-looking fetus.
1: The fetus looks more human than, like, human fetuses. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah. Zombies, are they giving birth to people? What's going on here? I was like, what's happening here? That looks oddly human for a fetus. Uh, Maria getting her head completely turned around uh, caught me off guard because they just had their moment of, like, let's hook up after this. And then... That was crazy. Yeah,
1: She went from like, I want this super big masculine man to destroy me when we get back to, she literally got destroyed (laughs) by a different masculine type of man.
0: Zombie. Zombie man.
1: Zombie man. That was, that was gross. (laughs) He fucking exorcisted her head.
0: And she blinked. That that was like ah got a little bit taken aback by that. Boom, po popped out. Just boop. And then Batista like never brings her up again. He's never like, oh, my, Maria, my love. He's just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> keeps going. She's... I, I don't mean, think it was neutral.
1: I don't look. Like, if a woman did that to me randomly, I'd and then that had to be like, yeah, okay, no, that really just saved me, huh? Like what it was brought up out of nowhere. It was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this mission for you. friend, pal, buddy. And then halfway through, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <sighs> and then dead. Then she died.
0: You gotta, you know what? Speaking as a writer, I know I don't like to do this, but I feel like I do it a lot. Fuck it. You got to build up to these things. You can't just suddenly shoehorn two characters together in the third book because it makes sense for the situation. You got to build up to it. I don't know why I said third book. That's, that's, that's for me. Anyway, you got you to gotta build up to it or else it feels forced and you don't earn anything. And this very much feels forced because it just comes out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> the whole idea that there are foreign governments after zombie blood because they want to build their own armies is actually kind of neat
1: it is and it sounds like that is where
0: the title falls in is that they want to build their armies of the dead Mm-mm. no 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 you, you you don't get to speculate like that with the title <laughs> <laughs> i am going to speculate like that with the title so what i'm saying is that that's the movie i wanted to see <laughs> no i call shenanigans no you can't do that time out i got no that's some horse shit that's a bad title and we get no further development on that at all, which seems like a very important thing we should know about. <laughs> I'm really hurt by this title. <laughs> it's just it's 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 pointless. It's like there was this all right. There was this Jackie Chan movie I watched a few years ago called Dragon Blade with John Cusack and Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about a legion of Roman soldiers who end up in China and team up with uh the the Chinese soldiers to fight evil Roman soldiers. It wasn't a very good movie, but the point is the title made absolutely no goddamn sense. There is no blade in the movie. There's no dragons. Like there's no dragon blade. The title never comes up. So ever since then, I have very much detested pointless titles. Cause it really got under my skin in a way I was not expecting. <laughs> That's a lot of, lot of anger here. You're goddamn right.
1: I would love what I'm watching now. I'm doing Maniac Maniac Cop One and Two, and boy, do they make known that title. Cop, he is a cop, and he's a maniac. And you see it in the newspaper where it's like Maniac Cop on the loose, and you're like, Ah, okay, yep, yep, there,
0: there we go. See that? That makes sense. I like that. (laughs) I yeah, I don't like bad titles. It's a big hot button issue for me, apparently.
1: <laughs> but then he's talking about the armies of the dead that will be built using the blood of this horde of zombies. Army of the
0: dead. Ugh. I don't buy it. <laughs> Not sold. Uh the helicopter finale is pretty neat. Uh that fucker jumps right into the helicopter. I like that he's got a helmet on that he's like he, he recognizes how his kind are killed. And is like I'm not going out like no punk bitch, and just <laughs> puts on a helmet. No helmets for anyone else, but he's got a helmet.
1: Yeah, not even his queen, because apparently he, she's not supposed to go out, and she does. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, on. yeah, he has a helmet, and yeah, he he was a German little fucker. He like, he ran and hopped right into that helicopter.
0: <laughs> so the implication in this film of these zombies is once you're bit, at least by an alpha, your personality is gone and is now replaced by a new zombie personality identity. Uh, Almost like a hive mind. I didn't get a hive mind vibe because they seem very individual. Like the the leader is very much like they killed my wife. I want them dead. Like that's personal vendetta. That's not hive mind.
1: Well, did his people feel the same way? Because he definitely sent a lot of what just people running in to kill.
0: I I feel like he had more of a Caesar in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes vibe when he gets on that horse and is like, Rawr! like we're gonna we're gonna kill these guys. Just feel like he was rallying the troops. I never really got like a you know, they're all connected vibe.
1: Yeah, I did like the zombie horse too. I like the zombie animals. Give me more zombie animals.
0: Yeah. I I thought the zombie horse was a little goofy like now like it just it just it didn't feel right zombie on a horse maybe i'm not you know hip with it maybe i'm still stuck in my ways but i don't like i don't like zombies on you know riding shit
1: i was completely down with it <laughs> i was down with the sickness
0: oh my god <laughs> uh the nuke actually delivers blows up vegas I love that they would announce on the fucking news that they're going to nuke Vegas, like, not then, but now. Like, yeah. What, what I like to though, like, it would just be really patriotic if we did it now.
1: So you know what, America? For you, say bye-bye to Las Vegas. We're blowing that fucker up.
0: It, yeah, it's like they totally just, like, completely ignore the fact that these were, like, you know, a million Americans... Who are now zombies and just like wouldn't it be fun if we blew this up, folks? Like that's exactly what we would do. That is, and we would probably be
1: like, you know what, we're tired of waiting. We're just gonna take that four days away and just make it today and cut that down to a half, and it'll be great. It just did none of them react appropriately to that. Like none of them, there was no like oh shit, we gotta get out of here. It was just like, all right, guys, we gotta
0: we gotta speed it up. Yeah, it was very much like a, okay, back to business. Like, well, that is. Those are my highlights. <laughs> See if there's any more on mine,
1: I you know what I didn't put down the casino sequence, the end, the action scene when Batista's like jumping over tables. Uh, that was not a bad action sequence. Uh, the action was actually okay. Yeah, that was something I did. Like the few action sequences were solid. Um, like the scene in that really tense zombie hibernating part. When they start waking up and that that chick is mowing them down just by herself, that was badass. Now, with that said, it ends stupidly for me when they're like, oh, we left. We got to go. And she just bursts through the window. And you're like, she's going to make it. The whole team is right there. Right there. Not a single one of them attempt to help her. She's gone through this completely on her own accord.
0: Well, all of a sudden now she can, and the team's not helping. They're just like, We'll just watch her die. Well, Guzman's right there with a gun. There's only like four or five around her, and they're not close. Yeah, and he's just watching, he's crying and
1: watching. And I'm like, You get me and my brother were pointing out, they're like, No, she can live. This is bad. Like, she can live. Like, this is the that was the stupidest death in the whole movie. Because she established that she's a apparently a lone badass. And then she just dies in front of everyone because no one's willing to help.
0: Yeah. It was... <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, I give Army of the Dead a 7. It's not terrible, but it feels like a lot of wasted potential uh, for what it is. It could have been better.
1: I gave it a score lower. I gave it a 6, which seems to be what I've been giving a lot of Snyder films recently. Uh, I don't think the two plot elements, the two genres, if you will, mesh well together. I feel like the zombie stuff there's a lot left unexplored that I wanted to explore. Uh, the heist is just so fucking predictable because it's a goddamn heist movie. Um, and other than like a few moments of some really awesome gore effects, the you know the occasional good t- uh, horror scene, you know, a adrenaline filled fun action scene here and there. I just was bored by most of the movie. And the cinematography was really weird in this movie. Does it feel weird to you? It felt yeah. weird to me.
0: Yeah. Do you know who the director of photography was?
1: It was Snyder, wasn't? Reson- yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everything felt like
0: oddly soft and out of focus for no goddamn reason. <laughs> the man is a hack, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, prove me wrong. I can't wait to see him fuck up something in space.
1: I just hope he takes a break. I hope it's just like, okay, Snyder, take a break, and you know, make an hour and a half movie. That's another thing. Don't I don't
0: need a two and a half hour
1: fucking zombie movie.
0: I was really hoping this was going to be a bomb, so he would get a little disillusioned and take a break for a while. But it seems like people kind of liked it, so he'll probably be back soon. <laughs> Apparently the fan base is
1: much bigger than the not fan base.
0: I'll tell you one thing. I hope I can go at least, let's say five podcasts without having to talk about this motherfucker again. (laughs) I'm so tired of him just popping up in everything we do. (laughs) Oh,
1: well, I can tell you two off the bat. He should not be popping up uh, open this week. And I doubt he's ever coming near an Oscar Sunday episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. That's never going to happen.
1: So I can say confidently this week for sure that's three podcasts. You should not have to hear about him. Maybe even next week will be five because of the movie we're doing the following week in conjunction with our big release.
0: <sighs> Hopefully. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, next week is a double dose of intrigue. We've got A Quiet Place Part 2 in theaters on Friday and Cruella in theaters, and Disney Plus on Friday. Both films are getting critical praise, so it's sure to be a fun episode. Don't miss the first Quiet Place on Wednesday's Filmgasm and The African Queen on Oscar Sunday. Have a great week and keep watching movies.